listening to Girls Gone Wild. This is Joy. And this is Claire. This is episode 278. Oh my gosh, it's like an early episode. What is oh going gosh. on? So exciting. This episode is with E.C. Sinkowski from Optimize Me Nutrition. And I met her a few months ago at... CrossFit Roots when I was doing my muscle-up drills. But she runs the 800-gram challenge. She's a CrossFit L4 coach. She's MS in nutrition and functional medicine. So we had a really good conversation about what the heck is the 800-gram challenge and why would you do something like this? And not to be confused with 800 grams... What's what was the measurement you just you had like oh, a distinction? Oh, somebody thought um, <laughs> it was like you needed 800 grams of fiber a day. Yeah, it's like absolutely not. Absolutely nope, not. Die. So you will learn all about this challenge and how you might be interested in doing it on this episode. Yeah. And, and it's great. It's just like a super straightforward way to get yeah. all the fruits and veggies that anyone can eat, and it's research based, which we love. So once again, just still trying to bring you guys. Um, some real facts when it comes to the different, all the different things Just out there. Drink in the house. In the universe. And Easy is great. She was so much fun to have on. It's fun that she's local. Um, and you can check out her, you know, everything about the 800 gram challenge, everything about EC at optimizemenutrition.com as well. All right. Okay. Well, yeah. So let's just get started. So EC, you, uh, we met, I think at Roots officially, you mm-hmm. sent us an email last year, I think during the summer, cause you were doing the 800 gram challenge. And then we mm-hmm. met at Roots when I was doing my muscle up <laughs> tutorial. Right. How is that? <laughs> it's going well. Yet. Yeah. I okay. don't have it yet, but honestly, those drills were so, so good. And I, um, to be very fair, it all has to do with me just not putting in the time right now, but I'm doing it as I can. Um, I'm training for a marathon right now. So I'm kind of like (laughs) super focused on getting that done and that's in three weeks. And so, uh, the muscle up, uh, my hope is to, to get that done by the end of the year. That's like my 2018 goal come hell or high water. Right Right after running, you get to the muscle up training. You know, so, so tell us a little bit about how you got this started. So you're with Optimized Nutrition and so you Mm -hmm. have all these great things going on. Tell our listeners um, a little bit about you and how you got the 800 gram challenge going. Yeah. So I founded Optimize Me Nutrition at the end of my second master's, which I finished up at the end of last year. And it really is dedicated towards helping um, people just understand the context for their nutrition choices. And and I really want to be a voice for kind of beating the drum on what I call the basics, you know, just quality and quantity to a lesser degree, kind of sleep, stress, exercise. Um, Yeah, so that's what I really want the platform to be. And I'm trying to use a couple different avenues to do that. And the 800 gram challenge just kind of came out of some research I was doing last year during my master's and, uh, I was actually playing with a couple different quality metrics at the time. Like how do you really measure quality in the diet was the idea. And so I came across this study and they were really looking at it for risk reduction in terms of cancer and cardiovascular disease. But it was just so elegant because it summarized kind of quality so well. It was just like, yeah, 800 grams, eat 800 grams of fruits and vegetables a day. And then I started playing with it and put some rules around it, which which just to be sure people understand really weren't the study findings, but um, kind of sort of implemented as a, as a great way that people could assess quality. What was the, like the main research that kind of inspired that and that what you were seeing people do incorrectly? Yeah. So the, the study that really triggered the 800 gram number, it was in the international journal of uh, epidemiology. And what they did is they looked at fruit and vegetable consumption relative to health, health outcomes. And so they looked a bunch across 95 different studies and they said, okay, how much fruit and vegetables are people are eating? And then what happens to cancer and cardiovascular disease and all cause mortality? And they found that the 600 gram cutoff point was significant because that's when cancer risk went down. And then at 800 grams, cardiovascular disease and all cause mortality or all causes of dying went down. And so that's what they were saying that, hey, from a from a health perspective that we could see some improvements in kind of our, our world's health. But then it was also then after seeing that, I, I kind of compared it to what other research has said and even things like the USDA. And I think kind of the different spin on it is when you go to the USDA and you look up, okay, how many fruits and vegetables am I supposed to be eating? They talk about things in terms of serving sizes. So it could be half a cup or a cup or two cups, depending on what fruit or vegetable you're eating. And then they also break it down into different food groups like 
legumes and dark leafy greens. And you're like, okay, this is a great system. I just don't have the time to implement this in my kitchen every day. Yeah. How can I make this more simple? And so when I kind of came across the 800 gram number, I was like, that's a really good idea. Cause I was playing around with some other things um, at the time, but it just kind of simplifies all of that instead of worrying about, Oh, I need this and that, like, let's just hit a simple number every day. And then the user can optimize it for them. If they want to get in 20 different, you know, food groups, great. If they can only do bananas that day, because they're traveling great, you know. (laughs) So it was really a way to kind of simplify this idea of fruit and vegetable consumption, what's the optimal amount, how many servings, you know, etc. Sorry, this might be a pretty basic question. When you say 800 grams, that is the weight of the fruits and vegetables yeah. that you're eating, not 800 grams of fiber. Correct. Which correct. And I don't even know if that would be possible. question. <laughs> that much fiber. Yeah. <laughs> please don't. Please don't do that. Uh. <laughs> you would probably need to I don't possible. even know if that's humanly possible. <laughs> yeah. You would have to just like so. sit there and eat kale stalks for 24 straight hours. Yeah. Yes, please don't do that. Um, yeah, exactly. And it, it's, it's. I mean, we're uh, laughing though, but like you're talking to someone who's weighed and measured food before, so really? I think it's important to like un- make, to help people understand what that actually means. Well, and I, yes. I actually this question came because I was telling someone um, today earlier today or yesterday, like, oh yeah, you know the 800 gram challenge. Um, you know, we're talking to the creator on our podcast this week. And they were like, oh, yeah, I've always wondered about that. Like, how am I really supposed to get 800 grams of fiber? And I was like, oh, I don't think that's what it is. (laughs) No, it's a a great point because we'll get also people asking, oh, is it 800 grams of carbohydrates? I was like, whoa, whoa, no, no, (laughs) please don't do that either. Definitely not. (laughs) Um, And that's just it. We've been looking a lot of what's been in the CrossFit space has been looking at things in terms of their constituents, right? Either in terms of protein or in terms of fiber. And instead, this is literally looking at the weight. And so when you weigh a banana or an orange, what that has is it does have the protein grams and it does have the carbohydrate and the fiber grams, but it also has water grams, etc. And so that's why it's not like a direct transference to then figuring out either, you know, calories or carbs, fiber, etc. And what it ends up being, though, just to give you some sense of that is 800 grams is about six cups, and it does fit on one standard dinner plate. So it, it's not um, <laughs> stocks right. of kale all day. Yeah. <laughs> so if you needed to just dive into a big bowl of salad, you could knock most of it out. Yeah, um, totally. And then so a lot of people do this, though, in tandem with macros or in tandem with mm-hmm. zone or in tandem with some other more, I guess we think of it as more traditional or more common way of weighing and measuring. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I I tried to do with it was create as few rules as possible because what kind of makes me cringe a little bit is some of these diet rules get interpreted as kind of physiological truth and like, oh, I could never eat at this hour because of X. And it's like, well, that's not really how it works out. So what I really wanted to do with this was to create as few rules as possible and let the user really optimize it for them. So what that could look like for some people who maybe are eating a standard American diet is maybe they just warm up to the idea and maybe they start at like 200 grams a day of fruits and vegetables. Or then we have some people in the CrossFit space who are weighing and measuring everything and they can overlay it on their macros with their food choices for fruits and vegetables. So you know, it really lets the user decide how they want to do it. So I know that you've talked a lot about how this really helps with any any type of diet. And I think what is very hard for people to grasp is that we all have to pick a camp. But really what you're saying is kind of no matter what works for you, you can incorporate this into your diet. Yeah. I mean, I think I think there's a few trends in the nutrition literature. Just, you know, there's a lot of conflicting information out there, but there's also a few trends. And, and one of them is definitely that whole unprocessed foods are associated with health. And, you know, maybe it's more of a Mediterranean diet slant, or maybe it's more of the Okinawa diet slant. But we see time and time again, that whole unprocessed foods, particularly fruits and vegetables are associated with health. And so that's what I also liked about it is like, okay, great, you want to do it with paleo foods, do it, you want to do it with keto, great, do it. I think though, everybody pushing towards including more fruits and their vegetables in their diet is uh, a pretty strong kind of common, common ground to be in nutrition. You talked a little bit about wanting to help people understand the context of their choices. What do you mean by that? Yeah, you know, I, I sometimes when people talk about kind of trends in the nutrition space, and I can, of course, speak a little bit more specifically to trends in the CrossFit space. Mm-hmm. 
you know, different kind of trends come back around again. I, I call it like the washing machine of nutrition because, you know, keto is back around and IF is back around, intermittent fasting is back around. And it's, you know, and I'll get questions, well, well, should I do the keto diet? And it just sort of, the first step should be, well, why, you know, why do you want to do this diet? And why are you making those choices? Are they the right choices for you? And so that's kind of what I hope to provide people, um, you know, with what I'm doing is sort of like, okay, is that really the, the necessary choice for you? Yeah, we've talked a lot about that with uh, another dietitian that we've had on Laura Ligos and talking mm-hmm. about just because it's there and everyone else is doing it, you know, why do you why do you need to do this? And also, these trends just keep coming back around. And it's mm-hmm. uh, interesting because people kind of treat it as this new shiny toy when in reality, it's been around for ages and ages um, mm-hmm. and maybe just packaged differently. And especially with the new types of fitness that are coming about, they just kind of couple it on with that. And all of a sudden it's this new thing and people are kind of jumping on without really knowing exactly why they're doing it or if it's right for them. I, I, I hate to generalize this, but I can't help but think that most people are wanting to jump on quote unquote fad diets or the diets that are the most popular right now because they want to push themselves to the next level and think that that's what's going to get them there because it's mm-hmm. it's in front of us and it's kind of glorified and romanticized mm-hmm. and we see all these before and after photos and we kind of think, oh, maybe I should do that. So I get frustrated with that just because I feel like social media is really responsible for it. So I think, I don't know, what do you, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, no, I think you, you hit the nail on the head with, you know, people want to do something different. And I, and I really think it's often not something different we need, but it's recommitting to the fundamentals. And once you understand that most every diet I can think of anyway, is just a new spin on understanding quality and quantity in the diet, i.e., eat more whole unprocessed foods and don't eat too much. Um, once you kind of see most diets as just different flavors of those principles, um, then hopefully you can kind of not keep chasing after this new trend and just apply those principles in your life, you know? And it's, and it's not like, oh gosh, IF is so radically different. It's like, oh, this is actually a great way to restrict quantity, <laughs> you know? And oh gosh, you know, paleo is not so different. It's just a great way that I eat more whole foods. So helping people kind of understand those trends. I love it too, because it just seems like, like you had, you said this earlier, you know, people, it's like, oh, yeah, I eat more fruits and vegetables. It's like, well, what does that actually mean? What does that actually look like? It's like, okay, great. Mm-hmm. This is what that means. This is what that looks like. And we talk about this too, just like in every single generalized health statement, it's really like, oh, well, I just want to get fit or I just want to quote unquote dial in my diet or I just want to be healthy. Like, well, what does that actually mean? And mm-hmm. rarely does somebody take the time the time to say, okay, actually, this is what that means. Here's the research this is based off of. And so now people can kind of have that benchmark. And, you know, people want a black and white system. And I think mm-hmm. that that's been hard in the past when it comes to like, you know, I, I know there are the, the crazy people out in that I, I <laughs> to, to generalize the people out there eating the carnivore diet who are like you don't need plants right. like, i kind of feel like we need plants i kind of feel like we need plants <laughs> i kind of feel like that's something we can agree on right. across like the history of humanity everyone's done pretty well with plants yeah. and like yep. yes um, okay you know Nineveh civilizations or whatever have survived on nothing but seal l- lard <laughs> but like they're kind of the exception not the rule <laughs> yeah and so i yeah. love this because it is like okay let's just if you if you need a number, here it is. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. Well, you know, I, of course, I've been through a lot of the trends in the CrossFit space, including you know paleo or you know whole food or whatever you want to call it. And yeah, we didn't have a number. And in fact, you know, I kind of had this idea of measuring quality for a while because one of my good friends, um, she kind of made the question like, you can't just you can never eat enough vegetables, right? And it was sort of like actually. We don't really have a number for that. And and by no means am I saying that 800 grams is a perfect number at all. And in fact, the research could be totally wrong. But what I have found through application is that, yeah, I mean, it is a pretty good volume where you have to make it a concentrated effort in the day, but it's not this uh, obsessive volume while you're eating your stalks of kale all day either. And I've found that, yeah, across a section of 30 plus days of straight, the uh, quality is pretty high to be able to hit that. So 
I definitely wouldn't want to say it's this perfect number, but I think it's a good step in the right direction of, of making a being able to measure quality in the diet for sure. So you've also mentioned that I, I think you you heard one of our episodes where we did talk about food guilt, and we talk a lot about this a lot in our mm-hmm. show. While we uh, we've had the past year to kind of say we're not going to talk about food and diet, but um, mm-hmm. Claire and I always joke about if you're going to drink, drink in the house. Like if if people are going to get their information, we want to get it. We want to get we want the, we want them to get it from a reliable source. So we're like, okay, fine. If you just want to stay with our podcast, we'll like just drink in the house and we'll give you the information and stay with us so we can give you like reliable right. information because nothing makes like us it. more upset when we have <laughs> nothing makes us more upset when people like go out and get really bad information from people who are like quote unquote health coaches or whatever because sure. they're like they lost 20 pounds themselves and they're like, I'm going to become a diet coach. And that just like infuriates right. us. Um, so, so we did, we have touched on a lot about food and guilt and diet and exercise mm-hmm. and how we have used that as a transactional relationship. So um, you said you've noticed um, people's relationship with food improving right. because right. of this challenge. Can you tell us what you've seen? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things when I created it, it was sort of here's the number to hit. There are no other rules. You actually don't have to exclude anything in your diet. You can continue to have wine, dark chocolate, ice cream, I don't know, whatever it is that you like. It's just that you have to hit your 800 grams in the day. And ultimately, the amount of ice cream and and wine, etc, tends to go down because the volume of 800 grams is enough that it kind of starts to push out some of those poor quality items. But it does sort of flip the script on dieting a little bit. I mean, I think dieting, we inherently think about what I can't have and what I can't do. And 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 it's like this idea of perfection that isn't really sustainable and nobody really does it. <laughs> so it, it sort of flips the script and say, hey, we know fruits and vegetables are good. Here's a number to hit. You can then still have something else in the diet besides this perfect paleo ideal. Yeah, I've had a couple people, not a couple people, actually more than a couple people, but I I was sort of expecting the results of, oh, I have more energy and oh, I feel better. And I wasn't expecting quite as many people saying like, oh, it really helped this positive relationship with food, which is, which has just been really great because I do see there's this kind of dichotomy. We've got, you know, potentially 50 million diabetics facing us in 2050 in the US. And then we have kind of within the whole food space, these people that have gotten almost so stressed about whether or not they can eat fruit or legumes or stuff like that. So I think it just kind of, it makes nutrition a little bit more kind of from a healthy frame of mind. The other thing I love about it is that it's like, here's your minimum instead of here's your maximum. And we have talked a little bit about that. Um, Like the coconuts and cuddles book has a minimum macros requirement. And I think people, that's a really fun way to look at it because instead of capping what you can eat, it's like, as long as you hit this number, the sky's Mm -hmm. the limit. Like if you, you know, get, if you do have this like amazing salad for lunch and you get a, get over 800, it's not like, well, mm-hmm. okay, that was your allotment and now you're done. And I just feel like that shift in mindset, it seems so subtle, but it can be so liberating of like, actually, you can, yeah. you're, you're the one in charge here. Like the number is not running the show. Totally. And, you know, for 800 grams doesn't have to be that many carbohydrates. In fact, when I've done it, taken data on it for stretches at a time, I average about 100, 110 grams of carbohydrates, which is only about 400, you know, 400, 500 calories. So I'm definitely eating more in the day and definitely could eat more fruits and vegetables. So there are people that I know that have routinely eaten more. I just don't like the idea of putting you know, as much as possible, just because I don't want to have that kind of obsessive focus about it either. I don't know. I just want to keep having the conversation that um, eating clean and being perfect is really a dangerous mindset to go into any type of diet or any type of lifestyle. So um, I think we we take it day by day as opposed to kind of thinking big picture of what you can sustain long term. What are your thoughts around just like... (laughs) How you, how you view diet is like eating clean versus just like, do you subscribe to the 80-20 rule or like, how do you view <laughs> that whole concept of eating clean? I think one of the things that's always good to take a step back and, and it's like kind of looking at what's really happening. And we know that people are living for a long time and not eating anywhere near perfect, right? So there's first sort of that kind of context of like, wow, you know, people aren't eating anywhere near perfect and they're living very long. Um, so just kind of keeping that in the mind that the body's pretty resilient. Um, and then personally, gosh, I definitely don't like 80, 20. I mean, it's in the sense of it's very subjective, you know, are we talking meals? Are we talking hours? 
Yeah. I hate to I'm be glad kind you of said a, that because that's something I just don't like either. I'm kind of like, uh, I just, it still doesn't tell me anything. It's kind of like the concept of like, and then just go have a cheat day. I feel like we're just using different words. Yeah. And, and I kind of use that actually to make an analogy when people talk about diets, like which diet, diet are you following? Or how often do you cheat or, you know, all that stuff. I would much rather see a picture of what or pictures of what people ate for the last three days than try to describe it in any way. And I, and I would say the same for cheating as well, you know, if we're going to say the word cheating. But, you know, it's like, yeah, you could have, again, wine or, or desserts or something like that. But it's in the context of a diet that is pretty darn good overall. And that's, that's good enough. And uh, I don't really want to put a number on it, but that's also how, how I live and not to be a walking salesperson for it. But yeah, if I hit the 800 gram number and I can also hit my macros and, and have a drink or have a dessert, I do it. And, I, and that's kind of the way I like to go about it. The thing that I think about when people are like, oh, cheat days, I'm like, well, that kind of assumes that you're you're like constantly subscribing to this very rigid diet and that we have zero flexibility and we're just setting ourselves up to fail. Um, mm-hmm. Do you follow, now you, you mentioned macros, so do you follow mm-hmm. macro counting? I'm helping run a, a challenge at Roots right now that's 800 grams plus macros. So you've definitely caught me at a time when I am. <laughs> you're like in it, yeah. I'm in it. But um, and I've, you know, done it for periods of time before. But no, I, I don't do it. Um, you know, ad nauseum forever. Um, I think there's huge value in it. But I also don't think people should do it if that's not what they want to do. <laughs> you know, if you have the performance and body composition that you want and health markers that you want, by not doing macros, great, <laughs> keep doing that, you know, it adds another layer of complexity and uh, amount of work that I really think people should only do the amount of work in their nutrition that gets them the results they want, right? Yeah. Um, I'm curious just because we've, Claire and I have done macro counting in the past. What do you um, view as the values of macro counting? Yeah. I mean, it's actually been pretty cool because I've been getting some responses from, you know, Roots members as they're doing it. And uh, somebody wrote to me because I I think they were struggling a little bit with the challenge and hitting the goals. And I think they were asking for an answer, but in their email, they were pretty much saying, well, I realized that I eat a lot of carbohydrates. And if I don't plan, I'm not successful. And I was like, yes, this is exactly what I want the challenge to be. It's that when you start counting, and when you start tracking, and you start to really see, oh, this is my diet, and this is what I'm eating. And this is maybe why I don't have the goals that I want yet. So that's what I see the value for macros and and whether or not you continue it forever or just a month, there's huge value in taking that um, real assessment of the diet, but instead of just sort of saying, Oh, yeah, I eat pretty good, you know, let's really take a hard look at it. Okay. The thing that I have uh, noticed, like when I did macro counting was I just I noticed that it taught me a lot about food. But Mm -hmm. just the the rules around it, I think going into it, um, it felt like I wasn't I think what is important for people to understand is that the, that it's not supposed to be forever. And had someone mm-hmm. had told me that from the get-go, I think it would have been a lot more informational, manageable, <laughs> yeah, manageable instead of just being like, I, 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 no one could really answer that question. Whereas I'm like, am I supposed to do this forever? I don't get it. Um, but it taught me a lot about food. And with that, I'm really grateful. But I think people need to understand like, just kind of why the why and then like, you know, gather the information that you need and then move on with your life. Yeah, I mean, you know, I wouldn't want to say that it couldn't be forever. Some people love it. I mean, they really think it's freeing, you know, to them, because they're able to eat what they want and uh, work in, you know, I don't know, the dessert and then still not gain weight. I mean, some people really love it. They're so great, more power to them. I do think, though, that's not going to be the majority of us, right? I think the majority of us can learn a lot and tweak our diet and then kind of go back to um, maybe something a little bit more balanced. That's a good point. I remember Jason Ackerman, when we had him on the show, mm-hmm. um, I think it was either earlier this year or last year. And he talked about how he's like, I, that it's always helped me so much because I have a, you know, I have a relationship with food that if I don't have something kind of keeping me in the boundaries, it, um, it really messes me up. And this is something that is very helpful for me. And he doesn't feel like it's something that's like ruling his life. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I, te- I have to be aware of that too, that people can use it in a way that's very positive for them. Just knowing females, there's times where I'm like, just be careful because we tend yeah. to overdo it. Um, totally. And, kind and of I think there's, up. you know, you can compare it to a, even a lot of things. I mean, people will say, 
you know, intensity is dangerous or something like that. I mean, I think there is a double-edged sword to most things. If you have a personality that tends to run towards that kind of anxiety and obsessive or has a past of disordered eating, I definitely will not be recommending macros to you, you know, but if you're somebody who really wants to have the six pack abs and and that's your goal, well, we got to do it with precise measurements. So here we go. Right. So it's just kind of understanding the appropriate application for it. Yeah, it's yeah. The, the, you're exactly right, and I think that's the message we always want to give give people is, you know, if you want to be walking around with six pack abs and you don't have that like genetic predisposition right. to just have them, because some people are they're you know they have mm-hmm. those genes, you're gonna have to weigh and measure and be very precise, and that is something that can be that can just feel restrictive for long term. So if it's like, hey, sure. do you just, you know, want to have it for like a week and be like, cool, I got my photo, got the t shirt, and then I can go back to yeah. having no apps. <laughs> like, I don't know. Anyway, um, so everyone knows how I feel about that. So I'm not going to go off on that tangent. But yeah, so I, I think I, I want to get to some of the questions too that listeners have asked. But uh, before we yeah. go into that, is there anything kind of just around the challenge that you feel people should know about or if they're interested, what that looks like going into the 800 gram challenge? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> there's really not a lot of rules to it. Um, I think the only thing that I kind of caution people about with it is, you know, if they're really coming from a standard American diet, um, let's apply like that whole scaling concept, you know, maybe they want to warm up to it a little by doing 200 or 300 grams a day or two or three cups a day before jumping right in just because one sustainability, but also, um, just digestion and fiber. They won't, they won't necessarily feel great as their microbiota sort of catch up to that kind of plant matter. So that's probably it. Otherwise just give it a shot <laughs> and make it easy. Right? Like I like this approach too. of, there's not a lot of rules around it. And I think that's what a lot of people expect. Um, Claire and I did a, um, challenge last year where there weren't a ton of rules. It was just kind of like these guidelines and people were like, wait, 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 where's all the rules? Yeah. (laughs) And it's really funny. Make it, make it work for you. You know, if somebody really hates vegetables and they're only willing to do it on fruit, well, great. I mean, that's still a better diet than a lot of them that I can think of. So yeah, pick what you like and make it sustainable for you. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So that actually leads into a great question that we got where somebody asked fruit is really can be demonized. Like we hear, you know, all, all these, just so much sugar in fruit. Like you want to be careful about your fruit intake. But what you, what I hear you saying is like, actually in terms of this particular challenge or in this particular mindset, like it doesn't matter if it's fruit or vegetables. Like I think you even made the example, if all you can eat all day is bananas, then like mm-hmm. go nuts. Yeah. Um, so I'm just curious about that. Cause I, I definitely, you know, especially like through paleo and everything is have, felt very cautioned against like mm-hmm. overdoing it with fruit, which now that I say that sounds very silly to me, but yeah, I, I think there has been this sort of, uh, sort of demonization of fruit. And it's, I think a really, it's not a good trend at all. I mean, I guess we could come up with a scenario where somebody's eating too many bananas, but I just don't think that's the issue that we're fighting, <laughs> you know? Um, and I think the other thing that's, that's gotten sort of misunderstood is yes, fruit contains fructose, but it also contains, vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, and water, which is huge. So there might be some studies on rats with fructose, but we can't extrapolate that out to eating normal quantities of fruit. And uh, yeah, if you run the numbers, I mean, I've looked at this backwards and forwards, 800 grams of fruit can still come in around 130 grams of carbohydrate or less. So, you know, it's still well within what a lot of people are eating, if not already less. I think that's a good point of like, that's this is not you know, let's focus on the fact that we're trying to get plants in here, not about, you know, what's the, pro- what's the problem we're trying to solve. And this is mm-hmm. one thing that drives me nuts is when people almost like create another problem on top mm-hmm. of things where totally. they're like, well, and it's like, you know, the people who are like, well, you know, I just am trying to dial in my heart rate variability. And it's like, yeah, but how much <laughs> sleep are you getting? Yeah. You know, like totally. what are the bigger things at play here? So if you're really you know, have been doing amazing on your fruit and vegetable intake forever, then maybe you can kind of tweak what the balance is. But if you're somebody who struggles just to get enough plants in the day as it is, then maybe don't limit yourself to what types of plants you're getting. Yeah. And I I really don't even think though, that we have to tweak them out at a certain level of, let's say nutrition expertise in the sense that I guess if you really need to go low carb for some reasons, but I think most of us, it's still falling within the volume of carbohydrates that are that are very healthy. I mean, you really, really would have to work to somehow eat an excessive 
quantity of fruit. And I just don't think that's how it plays out in real life, you know? Totally. I think it's really interesting, too, that there's this, um, like, if you think about the foods that you could potentially eat and eat and eat and eat, there is a stopping point where your body's like, well, we just, we've had enough, like those, those mm-hmm. natural, those natural cues turn on where mm-hmm. if it's soup, something super palatable, like a cake or donuts or whatever, you're like, your body kind of just bypasses all signals and it's like more, more, more. Um, yeah. So I, I like this too, to kind of just be more in tune with your body cues that mm. if I eat like a full bowl of kale, you better believe my body's going to be <laughs> like, I think we're kind of done with this. Like that's what we also want to relearn. And I love this about this challenge is that you're getting in more in touch with your body cues and how it reacts to really good nourishing food. I, I've said it kind of before jokingly, but like, yeah, our chronic disease epidemic is is not because people are eating too many apples, you know. Um, and so I think kind of the messaging around, oh, you know, root vegetables are too starchy and fruit is too much sugar. It's just not where we need to be really focusing. Right. And in fact, potentially harmful in creating these neuroses around food that just aren't necessary. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm a big fan of this idea and I try to play with, around with it as well because I will notice myself wanting to kind of restrict or say, you know, well, I should eat these, uh, I don't know, I guess what you might consider labeling diet food. Mm-hmm. And it really is, you know, we're just, it, that's just the wrong way to go. Like I'm moving mm-hmm. in the wrong direction when I start to f- find myself leaning more towards that, whether it be like, lower calorie foods, which plants are naturally, mm-hmm. but it's not the sense of like, it's, it's man-made low calorie foods. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I think totally. that this is a really important distinction is to th- say, yeah, these are all kind of like naturally low calorie, but they're real wholesome foods that your body recognizes mm-hmm. um, and can then do its natural thing. And that's something I'm very curious about right now is, how we learn to tune into your body doing its natural thing mm-hmm. <laughs> without ingesting all these random chemicals. And, and I think that's why the paleo movement does have a ton of success because yeah, when you take out sort of these man-made foods, yeah, your body does start to kind of recalibrate to its intuitive cues. So I'd like to, to lead this to another question that one of our listeners sure. asked. And thank you to everyone who submitted questions, because I think this is really good discussion, too, is um, some people are asking about, you know, how many calories should I be eating? How do I know it's enough calories mm-hmm. for me? Do you have thoughts around that of how people yeah. can be paying attention to it? Because you know, a lot of what we talk about with the dietitians that we've had on our show is like, it depends, but how can people <laughs> maybe start to listen to what they need individually? Totally. Yeah, of course it depends. And there's a lot of great, you know, calculators out there that can get you pretty close, but, you know, due to genetic variation and a whole bunch of other factors, none of those equations are ever going to be perfect to you. So my opinion of it is, well, why don't you just start tracking what you're eating right now. I mean, we know what foods support your current weight. So why don't we just start looking at that? And let's say it's 2000 calories a day and you want to lose some weight. Well, then we got to take off a little from that. Or if maybe you want to gain weight, we add a little bit to that. But one of my big philosophies is just start where you are. I mean, why start with equation that has all these sources of error when we already kind of know a lot about what volume you should be eating based on what you're doing every day. That's, that's so, I'm laughing because I'm like, oh my gosh, duh. Like, (laughs) I mean, but (laughs) I'm saying that to myself, like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like, why wouldn't we just start with where we are? I have to interject too, because I remember something that Jason Ackerman said when we had him on the show that has totally stuck with me. It was like, um, because when we tend to fall into the trap of being a little more restrictive with our eating or feeling like we need to go in that direction, I just remember Jason being like, you're assuming that everything on the label that says what is in food is correct and it's just not. And you're assuming too that what makes your body run is accurate and it's not always going to be like that. It's not always going to be to a T correct. I can't tell you how liberating that was for me to just kind of <laughs> remind myself like, okay, if I have an extra whatever cookie, you know, that whenever your mind wants to fall into those traps, I'm like, well, I'm assuming that I kind of, that that everything's 100% accurate in this piece of food, or I'm assuming that what, how my body digests is is this perfect number to number science. And it's just not. So stop worrying about it. No, I mean, there are best proxies for it. I mean, there, there's pretty good science around it, but they're not exact, you know, and I think that's also where we can get a little bit 
you know, lost in the trees is spending too much time worrying about perfection and not just sort of uh, worrying about trends and consistency. Yeah. We're somewhere in the middle is always better, in my opinion. I just feel like if we are being a little too restrictive and worried about it, it just, it makes our stress level so high. It just we're kind of like shooting ourselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. Like if you're worried that you went over your carb macros by two grams that day, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doing pretty probably, good. Which is yeah, that's probably yeah, that's probably gonna come out in the wash. Which is yeah. my big pet peeve with um, it's my big pet peeve with macro counting is that people will you know I've seen message boards go as far as being like I need to track vitamins and I'm like oh my god, oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, actually, with this challenge that I mentioned that I'm doing with uh, Jason, actually, this foundation's challenge, it's 800 grams plus macros at Roots right now. And uh, yeah, we've actually installed like point rules to allow for some flexibility with the idea that that elusive triple zero is is not really meaningful or relevant. And so, yeah, we're trying to definitely couch that education of like, yeah, perfection isn't the goal. And even if when you think you have perfect, it might not actually translate to that. So just some awareness about that for sure. Well, I think when you're saying that too, is the challenge that maybe you're doing at Roots right now and all the challenges that you've run is -hmm. that we're also thinking in terms of, well, I'm really bad right now. So I really need to clean it up. Like, I think when we come from like that place of where are you starting from, it's really Mm -hmm. important to remember that where you're starting from is where you're starting from. And it's not good or bad. It's just like Mm -hmm. playing around to see how you might be able to feel better and improve some things here and there. Mm -hmm. Um, Any challenge I've done, I've always stepped away with one piece of really good information that I'll probably continue to do throughout my life because I feel like, oh, that was really valuable. Oh, this wasn't so valuable. That was a little too restrictive for me, but this wasn't. And I think if we look at at starting diets or challenges, challenges, challenges <laughs> from a place of going, I just want to learn and I want to see if I can do something a little bit better for my health as opposed to, okay, I just have to completely flip the switch and change everything. Then we're really kind of on a slippery slope. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I like to say is that diet, you know, is an iterative process. And the idea that you take something away from a challenge, it can just be one thing, but it's not like, yeah, it's a gradual progression. It's not just wham, bam, we're, we're onto the new perfect diet. And that never really happens, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, moving on to the next question yeah. from Jill. She says, is sugar detox or, or withdrawal a real thing? Mm. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely, if you're on a high sugar diet, are, are going to have the effects of not having kind of those ebbs and flows in the day. Um, I do think the idea of detox has gotten a little bit uh, a field. I but- totally agree <laughs> with that. I'm like, detox has become this buzzword where everyone thinks, yeah, yeah. Uh, it drives me crazy, it drives me nuts. Turns out your liver does a pretty good job with detoxification. Pretty good job. <laughs> and one of my favorite like celebrity doc- doctors always says, show me what a toxin is. And right. then like, tell me what the molecule is and then we'll have a conversation. Right. <laughs> and I love that response because he's like, Ugh, it's such a buzzword. Yeah, no, for sure. But I mean, if you're eating a high carb, high sugar diet, and then you go straight to strict paleo or something, yeah, you're going to feel it just because you're not going to be used to those kind of energy highs and lows. Um, and I think it's, you know, I wouldn't want to say that people should adhere, have to adhere to a no sugar diet forever. I do think there's value in going through a, a period of that or a challenge of that just from the standpoint of kind of like you were already saying, recalibrate a little bit, reset the palate. What does it taste like to eat real food versus something that's um, highly processed and sugar added? But, you know, that's really where the big change is going to be for them, not necessarily this detoxification idea. Yeah, which I also uh, thought that was a myth where people are like, oh, you totally learned to have different tastes and that your taste buds adjust. And I thought that was a load of crap until I actually did like a whole 30 or, you know, started looking at what I was eating a little bit more closely. And it was really true. And I was quite Mm -hmm. surprised by that. All right, next question. (laughs) I love this one because this is very, I feel feel like this is my question as well. Why do we get so hungry from exercise? (laughs) Well, probably because our bodies are really working. But um, I joke, but Claire and I are also often talking about how people will work out to eat Mm. as opposed Mm -hmm. to work out because it fuels your health. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's another rub is people work out really hard and then they try to restrict themselves and it turns into this horrible cycle. But um, I guess, I guess this question also makes me think of we need permission. It's almost like give us permission to say it's okay for us to eat when we work out. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds silly, but it's yeah. kind of a mindset I mean, that we fall into. 
Yeah. And it, and it's true at some level for the reason you said, like, yeah, you just burned a lot of energy, so you will be more hungry. Um, but it's framing it around the mindset of eating enough to sustain performance and everything else you want to do in life versus doing this, you know, to punish ourselves so that we can eat ice cream. I mean, there's, you know, unfortunately that might be how it's interpreted, but yeah, working out, you used energy. So you are hungry. <laughs> well, yeah. And I think that that's the other myth is that we have to be um, maybe restricting ourselves and like working out really hard and then having slamming this protein shake when in reality, our body's just giving a cue of like you mm-hmm. burned a lot of energy and we need to fuel that. And I think uh, it goes back to the relationship you have with food is that really fueling our bodies so that we can do really hard exercises if we choose to do that is really important and to not feel shame around it. Yeah. And I mean, I think the other thing that can kind of come into this is that people will try to super restrict themselves relative to what they need. I mean, we can experience weight loss by taking a more gradual approach, right? I mean, if we, if we knock down calories, 100, 150 calories a day, we're going to see weight loss and there won't be the as severe hunger as if somebody's trying to do these 500 a day calorie cuts or something like that. So I think the other idea here is, Hey, let's, let's balance out our intake a little bit more and not try to make it so extreme for these cuts. And yes, you might be a little bit hungry, but, but that's comes along with weight loss. Not necessarily that I have to go punish myself and only eat celery all day. If that makes sense. Yeah. And the other thing too, that comes up is, um, people, hmm, I'm trying to say this like without generalizing too much, but I feel like there's times when we get really caught up in like the diet foods of we work out really hard, but then we eat kind of like diety foods that keep us Mm. full, but aren't really nourishing. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. You kind of already hit the nail on the head with the fruits and vegetables. It's amazing how low calorie nutrient dense food can be, you know, um, even 800 grams of fruits and vegetables will come in, you know, 400, 500 calories. And that's not, not anywhere close to what people are eating in a day. So I feel like people can really do low calorie pretty well and and stay very nourished. And, and there's just, I guess, a disconnect there in our understanding of that and application of it. All right. So let's wrap up with a couple more questions. Um, Thoughts on protein shakes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> protein shakes go. Uh <laughs> yeah, and go. Yeah, um you know, it's all of these questions that are the what abouts, you know, what about x or what about y, they're really they really are best answered in the context of the rest of the diet, right? I mean, if our diet starts to kind of look like protein shakes at most meals and a lot of bars and on the go things, um then we probably need to back off. You know, if protein shake happens after a hard workout and the rest of the diet is whole unprocessed foods, I think you're doing pretty pretty darn good, you know? And, um, and sometimes there are great ways to get in protein and, uh, and are really convenient. I would just want them to be in the context of a whole food based diet otherwise. Yeah. I like that. I try to do that too, but my, uh, thing is, you know, the darn protein bars and like the perfect bars, they're so, they're so good. And they, they, (laughs) you know, they taste, that's what I'm going back to is like, they're so palatable. Well, of course they're palatable. They want you to buy more of them. And I'm not saying it's like a conspiracy. They're great. You know, the, the, the ingredients are pretty good, pretty decent, but I'm always trying to kind of be like, okay, don't rely on this too much because real food is better. Yeah, and I think it's just a sliding scale. If, if you're all your day is, uh, is bars, then we have an issue. But yeah, even a bar a day, assuming the rest of the day is good, you know, it, that's how it's really kind of good to judge, you right. know, quote, judge yourself. Right. Uh, is 800 grams a day of fruits and vegetables for men and for women? Yeah, yeah, no real line on that. Now, of course, there's not going to be a one perfect number for everybody. You know, body size is going to come into play. Uh, genetics is going to come into play. All of these things that, you know, we don't have time in our lifetime to see randomized double blind placebo controlled trials on all of us. Um, yeah, get those studies but, going. Yeah. Come on, EC. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, there's never going to be one number that's perfect. You know, it might be 790 or I don't know, 1000. We don't really know. But uh, yeah, right. Yeah, that's what I'm putting out there is it's a good number for anybody to start with for sure. Okay, cool. Uh, let's see a couple more. How do you find a functional medicine doctor? Do you do you literally Google it? Or is there a better way? Google knows all right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think Google's obviously a great place to start. Um, uh, there, I don't know of any central listings. I think Chris Kresser was developing a practitioner di- directory. Um, so that might be a resource. I might be incorrect on that. And then, 
Yeah, Google it. I would I would look for ones that have clinical experience. Um, you know, look at the programs or the degrees or whatever they have and see if there's true clinical experience. I think, you know, education is great, but what is their experience working with people? Um, and I would also say don't overlook conventional medicine doctors. I think there's been a little bit of a backlash with conventional medicine, and I think it's a little bit unfortunate. They have a lot of experience and a lot of rigorous training, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, we can't overcount that. And just because something's quote natural or alternative doesn't mean that it's proven or effective yet either. So that's a really good point. I'm really glad you said that because my like my primary care physician, I love her and she's amazing. Awesome. And I feel like she has a very holistic approach for being, you know, in the restrictions of primary care. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, they went to four years of med medical school. They did residency. I mean, they have a lot of really hands-on experience working with people. And I and I, that's key, just like we know in all fields, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Let's see. I think that is all for the questions. Claire, did you have any last minute questions? I did just want to clarify a little bit around calories, not clarify, but just ask mm -hmm. a little bit more around calories. Mm. Because I think we... I know I feel like I am always getting conflicting information and mm -hmm. I'm pregnant right now. So this doesn't really apply to my life right now, right. but <laughs> I'm just sort of like, well, I'm just eatable granola. Great. <laughs> uh, but I think, you know, I feel like half the people we talk to, we hear, oh, you know, if you want to lose weight, you just need to, to pull back on the calories a little bit and, you know, that'll create a calorie deficit. We know mm -hmm. that at the end of the day, that's likely going to lead towards weight loss. Mm -hmm. And the other half of the people we talk to are like, it's all, you know, the chances are you're not eating enough as it is. The last mm -hmm. thing you want to do is pull back on your calories. And if you add to your diet, that's actually going to be healthier in the long run and help you lose weight in the long run. And I know the answer probably is it depends. <laughs> <laughs> but with the athletes that you work with, um, what are, what are you seeing more of? Yeah. I mean, I think, of course, both can be right. Um, I think what happens for our athletes that are quote, eating not enough, but, um, but might have weight to lose is it's more happens in like what I call a caloric swing, meaning most days of the week, they probably are under eating. And then whether or not it's in the weekend when they're kick up their heels or they have some fun is when they have too much. And now we're at this positive caloric balance. So when they get something like a macros diet, for example, they might feel like they're eating more, but really now it's just balanced across the days instead of, I don't know, a wedding or some massive brunch that maybe flew it out, you know, blew up their calories um, before. Now they're having more quote per day. Does that make sense? Definitely makes sense. And I also like that because I think that we can get so caught up in like one meal or one day and it's like, oh, I really, you know, went off the rails today or I didn't eat well today. It's like, actually, what really matters is the long arc of mm -hmm. your nutritional cho choices. Um, maybe not like the ultra long arc of your life, but like more so week to week rather than meal to meal. Yeah. And I mean, and you can do, let's say, I don't know, let's say you create a 300 calorie a day deficit, you know, across Monday through Friday. So you have 1500 calories that you've created this deficit. Well, you can also undo that very quickly by eating cheesecake and drinking some beers. Do you know what I mean? Totally. So, so that's where I think when people get their macros diet, they feel like they're eating more, but now it's just a consistent level per day. It's that we've taken out those massive caloric swings that kind of stymie their, their goals or their progression with their goals. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Cool. That awesome. was my last question. Okay. I have two quick questions. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I keep doing this. But um, <laughs> so you, I saw Camille post on her Insta oh, yeah. stories recently that she is doing a book. Um, I know you guys are both working a little bit together and I don't want to mm -hmm. spill the beans on anything, but it sounds like you're, you're working with her on some health and fitness stuff, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. She's got a awesome platform and, uh, working on a kind of 30 day transformation ebook that's dedicated to fitness, nutrition, and some mindset stuff, which has been really instrumental for her. And, um, so yeah, we're excited about that. Hoping to get out, get it out relatively soon, but, uh, can't promise a date quite yet. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's really cool. I'll be look on the lookout for that. That's, that's exciting. And then, um, also you were on CrossFit level four staff for quite some time some time. Yes. Yeah. I was on the seminar staff actually since 2006 through wow. 2017. Like yeah. Forever and ever. That's amazing. <laughs> so yes. you, you probably are very familiar with the CrossFit van when we talk about the CrossFit van. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I know the van. <laughs> the van is out to get us. No, I'm kidding. That's really cool. Um, and then 
let's see. I had one more question. Oh, I just, I just want to kind of get your take on, I know you probably have this platform and you have these opinions about food and exercise. Like what is your relationship? What does it mean to you to be in the field of diet and exercise? Hmm. Um, I don't think I've ever been asked that question before, (laughs) Um, which is great. But for me being in the field of diet exercise, it is really um, just helping people achieve their kind of their best health. And that's what I really want to be is just kind of giving people um, good information and guidance for them to apply it in ways that are meaningful to them. And whether or not that means the six pack abs or the the next competitive, you know, CrossFit athlete, or if it just means, you know, figuring out some habits for a more healthy lifestyle, that's all good, you know, all trending in a direction towards improving health and fitness. So, and I, I love that. And I think that um, Claire and I will continue to say, you know, if you're going to drink, drink in the house, please come to us <laughs> for really good information. I have a, like an inkling to say also that, like, if I came to you and I was like, EC, I really want six pack abs. Mm-hmm. And, but I know my body just doesn't really like to sit there. Mm-hmm. What would you tell me? Like if we had a relationship where you could be totally sure. honest with me. <laughs> I mean, it's really understanding. Do you really want that? And do you really understand what goes into that? You know, in light of your genetics, personality, habits, et cetera. Like, yeah. hey, let's really look at what this is. And let's really see if that's a value to you. Yeah. And maybe it is for a small period of time. I don't know, you know, a composition, um, you know, a bodybuilding competition exactly. like that. You know, maybe you do just want to do it for the sake of doing it. Well, great. But then here's what it is. And do you really want to do it? Okay, awesome. Like as simple as that. I just think it, <laughs> I, I know, I just think that question is so important because um, we just think that an Instagram photo of a before and after with perfect abs, and I'm saying perfect abs lightly, but sure. it, 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 it like lives on forever. And really, we, <laughs> we, we as people can't live on forever like that. We just can't. And so I think yeah. it's important that we continue to have that discussion. So okay, I'll leave it at that. Where can everyone find you? And also someone asked if you take uh, pr- private clients. Yeah, so I'm not doing private clients right now. I'm trying to keep my focus right now on some more educational platforms, um, maybe down the line. But uh, yeah, optimizemenutrition.com. Same on Instagram. That's where I'm a little bit more active. Optimize Me Nutrition. Thank you so much, yeah. EC. And thank yeah. you for dealing with all the lovely technology that we had to uh, deal with on this episode. But thank you listeners for supporting the podcast. And thank you, EC, for joining us. Thank you guys so much.